Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we are starting a new series that's called Together, Loving, for the Gospel's Sake. And we are going to emphasize loving one another. We're going to emphasize togetherness, unity, for the next uh, three messages probably. But we're going to start today with for the gospel's sake. I have to have motivation, and I think God wants us to be motivated, to do what is hard to do. It's hard to do some things. And it's hard to sometimes be together, like, like Emily and, and Brianna was saying, if you have siblings, sometimes you sometimes say things you shouldn't say to one another. You don't do that in your marriage, of course. Uh, but, <laughs> but with siblings, you do. Uh, and it's not that you don't love each other. It's just that you don't show it all the time. Now, wouldn't it be really not good if Jesus Christ did not show that he loved us all the time? If he really sometimes was mean to us, sometimes said things that was really, really hurting to us, wouldn't that be sad? So, he loves us. He doesn't do that. Why do you think he wants us to not do the same? I believe he wants us to do the same. I believe that he wants us to treat each other the way he treats us. Does that sound scriptural? Well, he gives us motivation to do that, of course. And that's what we're going to emphasize today. So let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 16. Let's go there. And we'll start in verse 25. Now, this is what is called by some a doxology. And if you divide it, into two words, Greek word doxa, which means glory, and logos, word, is a word about glory. It's giving a claim to the glory of God. That's what it's doing. So let's read it, the first, these last three verses of Romans, you remember he's talked so much about so many things, about the law, about Gentiles, Judaizers. He's talked about everything here. Then he closes it out. Well, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret, for long ages past, but now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment 
of the eternal God has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Now, there are many doxologists in the writings of apostles, and usually it comes after some great information that he's given is climaxing that, or it might be closing out a book. Let's read another one in Jude. Let's go there. Let's re- read another one. And we're speaking of Jude 24 and 25. There we see another one, and he says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, before all time and now and forever. Amen. That's a closing statement by Jude. Let's look at one more. Uh, I've given you this before in Romans chapter 11. Let's go to verse 33. And he's here climaxing what he just said about how God putting the Gentiles and the Jews all shutting them up in obedience so that he may show mercy to both groups. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and untraceable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever amen these are words that give God Glory. Everything, everything in this life should give glory to God. Everything. Everyone should give glory to God. And that's what God expects us to do. Let's, let's look a place that, it's not in my notes, but let's look a place in Romans chapter 1. And let's look um, at verse 21. It says here, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him, which means glorify him, as God, or give thanks but they 
became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. God expects us to give glory to him. He suspects, he expects all men, not just Christians. He expects all men to give glory to him because he is the creator. And of course, you know that from the last series, we just finished up with uh, Jack Van Gerp uh, speaking on the three books by Lee Strobel. Case for creator, case for faith, case for Christ. He expects us to do that. Give glory to him. God expects praise, worship, adoration, love to be given to him. He's worthy. He's worthy. And when we don't give it to him, then we are not really carrying out that which we were created to do. So I'm starting off with the last part of my series message for the glory of God or for the gospel's sake because motivation is very important. Why should we love one another. Why should we be in unity? Why should we? It's for the glory of God and for what he has done. He expects us to be grateful for what he's done. Grateful. And to the degree of your gratitude is usually the degree of glory, or honor, or adoration, or worship, you're going to give him. It's, it's the same way in, in, in a natural sense. Just think, when someone doesn't really think that their parents did anything for them, they might, they might, I mean, they might not have much. Because some people have been abused and all those type of things, and they don't honor them. They, they really don't obey them. Usually to the degree that you appreciate what someone's done, it's to the degree that you give them respect, honor, and obedience. Really. So when we're talking about togetherness, when we're talking about loving one another, we can't look at each other and say, I love you because you're so lovable. Because we are not lovable all the time. <laughs> Somebody said that real, but mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, that is truthful. That's truthful. I don't care who you are, you're not all that. <laughs> we need Jesus Christ, to help us be what he wants us to be. So I said, well, God, if we start off that, this way, then this thing, gospel, for the gospel's sake, what are we really talking about for, for the gospel's sake? Well, what is the gospel? And if you looked at 
freak word up, of course, it's going to tell you is, is good proclamation to, to, pro, to proclaim or to tell. It means like good telling, or people say good what? News. Okay. Good news. So what is good news about the gospel, really? Well, let's look at it starting in chapter 3 of Romans. Let's go there. And we know that the Jews, they proclaimed that they were the only ones who God was going to use and God, he was their people, they were his people, just the Jews. And he says, then, then what advantage has the Jew or what benefit is circumcision? That's verse 1. Verse 2, great in every respect, first of all, that they were entrusted with the oracles of God. What then, if some did not believe, their unbelief will not, be, not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? May it never be. Rather, let God be found true, than every man be found a liar. And it goes on down to really tell us that I don't care whether you're a Jew or whether you are Greek. Let's look at verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? Because they were, of course, uh, not shown, shown favor for a while so that the Gentiles, we can be shown favor. But then it's not that we are better than they are. It says that not at all, for we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. See, some people don't know they're, they're under sin. Some people think they're okay. Some people think that just because I lived a pretty good life compared to some of the other people that was around me, because I know Sally Sue, I know Jim Bo, I know they did not do right. They were pretty terrible, and I did real good. They, didn't, they don't know that we're all sinners. All. Sinners, number one, because of Adam. Because of one man's disobedience, all was appointed under disobedience. Every single person was born. And because of one man's obedience, Jesus Christ, all then was appointed righteous. And let's look at it here. It says in verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous. Now, you, you probably don't believe that. You probably believe that you're righteous. It says there is None righteous. Now, if you look up none in the Greek, <laughs> it will tell you none. <laughs> Not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. 
all have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. That's pretty plain. Let's go down a little further. Verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. No reverence. None. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, speaking of the Old Testament, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. There is no distinction between a Jew and the Gentile. None. All have to come the same way. None. Now, some people will try to get you to think, well, okay, you're saying that the gospel starts off basically talking about Jesus Christ. There is no gospel without Jesus Christ. Period. None. No good news. None. So the, the, the Judaizers who, who are going to say, well, Jesus hasn't come, you know, or try to get them to, to perform some of the law, as well as if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to do this, 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 this. You know, by 70 A.D., you know that the Judaizers had added about 341 rules to the law. And that, that's a lot of rules. A lot of rules. And people would try to get you still today to believe another gospel, which is not another, really. There's only one gospel. There's only one good news. But that's what was happening. Let, let's look at, uh, let's, let's hold our places right there, if you would, and let's go to Galatians. And in, in Galatians, it is, tells us something. Chapter 1, let's go there, verse 6 through 10. Let, let's do that. And we see something here. It says, I am amazed. I'm amazed. This is Paul talking to the, to the church, the Galatians. It says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you receive, he is to be accursed, for I am now seeking, am I, for am I now seeking favor with men 
all of God. They were saying about Paul is that, well, well Paul doesn't want to tell you everything. He's just trying to tickle your ears. He, he's just, he doesn't want to tell you all what you're supposed to do. He's, a, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's just trying to please you. No, he said, am I seeking to, to, to favor men or, 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 or am I really trying to please God? Or am I striving to please men? If I, am, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. People today are still, some people, I, I mean, it's, there's, I'm trying to uh, stay in contact with my Jewish roots. And, you know, I worship on Saturday and I don't eat pork and I don't do this and I don't do that. And I said, well, have you read Galatians? They said, well, well you know, the church got it wrong. You know, we, we never were supposed to uh, really get away from Saturday. We, and they, they wear press shawls. They do this. They do that. They do that. I said, look, let me tell you something. My Bible reads that there is no distinction between the Jew and the Gentile. That all, have, all will have to come the same way that circumcision is not circumcision of the flesh. It's circumcision of the heart. And they tried to talk me into, I mean, I was stopped at Walmart, in Walmart. And the person trying to talk to me about how I'm supposed to be doing this, how I've been teaching wrong, and this and that, and this and that, and this. And I, I try to avoid the person, really. I try to avoid the person. Because I don't want to hear all of this craziness about something. If I want to eat pork chops, I eat pork chops. <laughs> now, I got sense enough to know that all things are lawful, but all things are not profitable. <laughs> so, I know that heart, heart problems, strokes, you eat enough salt if you want to, eat enough fat if you want to, and you see what happened to you. I'm not interested in having a heart attack. I'm not interested in having a stroke. So, uh, I don't eat a lot of pork, but, but you know, sometimes I'm in breakfast, I mean, oh my goodness, bacon, whoo! <laughs> I'm just telling you, I don't get under, under bondage about it. I just don't get under bondage about it. It's okay. If, 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 now, if somebody does not eat bacon, it's okay with me. We have, we have some chicken, you know, fry some chicken, you know, you have chicken. You know, it doesn't matter to me. I bake some chicken, help bake chicken. I don't care. Uh, whatever is your thing, it's okay. If I want to go to church on Saturday, I go to church on Saturday. If I want to go on Wednesday, I go on Wednesday. One day is just like another. Uh, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise, a person who works on Saturday, somebody like Susan Roberts, you work on some Sundays, don't you? And can't go to church on some Sundays. Now, now suppose I put a guilt trip on all nurses who has to work every other weekend on a Sunday and say, well, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're working on a Sunday because that's the Christian Sabbath. No, I don't put no guilt trip on anybody. To me, if you want to, if you got to work, <laughs> you got to work. And, and I can't help it because, and we can pray, pray for your, your employer because it wasn't supposed to be that way, but, I mean, we got greedy people who just 
They're they going to work you 24-7, and when you, when you roll over and die, they're going to roll you out of the way and get somebody else to put you in there. They're going to do that. Uh, but now there are, there are cases, uh, what uh, I think Jennifer told me, uh, she said, I said, you got to work on Christmas Day? And you did too, didn't you? You worked on Christmas Day? I said, oh, my goodness gracious, they work you all the time. They said, well, uh, somebody got to be in the hospitals to help the people. Hey, you know, hey, let them put it on automatic. <laughs> as long as I'm not in there. <laughs> you know, because uh, sometimes we do know, all the time, we know that people need somebody helping them. If they're on oxygen, they, they're in the hospital, they, they need somebody working on Sundays too, so we know that. Or Saturdays or whatever days, but give them some days off. Don't put guilt trip on people. It, it's the gospel. The gospel is not about days, it's not about moons, it's not about all these type of things. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Now let's, let's go back to where we were in Romans chapter 3. Let's pick it up there. Verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a perpetuation. That means it's a, uh, uh, it's a total satisfaction. That's what Perpetuation here. Jesus Christ was a total satisfaction of what the price had to be paid for Adam's sin. For mankind being separated from God, Jesus Christ was and is the only satisfaction. Couldn't be a man. Only man had to be a God man. Perfect man. Righteous man. In his blood through faith. It cannot be because of anything that you have done, anything that I've done, any good deeds, any good words. It can't be because of anything that we've done. Salvation is by grace alone through faith. That's what it is. Let's look look at um, verse 26. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? Is it, it is excluded by what kind of law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Now, let's think of a situation. Let's think of just in a courtroom. Heavenly courtroom. We have the Father, we have God. And we have everybody stand there, and we know that we are sinners. We know that we've done so many terrible things. Everybody in the courtroom knows it. But yet, he says that 
they are justified. They are righteous. They are forgiven. How can that be? How can somebody that's a sinner, how can somebody who's sin, I mean, they, they just, they just terrible, 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 be justified? Well, the gospel says that it's by Jesus Christ, the price he's paid. So number one, the only way I'm going to be justified, the only way you're going to be justified is that the Father had to send his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus had to come, be born of a virgin, live a sinner's life, be crucified, the righteous Son of God, be crucified, sinless, did nothing wrong, be crucified for our sins, to be raised again for our justification, to be victorious over every single enemy, every single enemy. Everything is under Jesus Christ. Everything, everybody. That's the first thing that had to happen. Because without a perpetuation, without a satisfaction of that gap, we can be saved, could we? So there is no gospel without Jesus. Jesus had to be who he said he was in order to be a justifier. Had to be. Couldn't be a, just a man. Because every man is a sinner. So it can't be salvation in any other. So I don't care what anybody tells you, there cannot be a savior that's a person outside of the person of Jesus Christ, who's God. In three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There is no gospel. Now, the second thing is that we are sinners. We know that. So we say, what is the, how do we bridge this gap? Father, how do we get back to you? He says, well, only one way. You're going to have to Give your life to Jesus Christ. He will become your life. You have to be in Christ. And in life, you live, you live no longer. You live his life. He'll live his life through you. You know what it says? We were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in us. In life we live... In his flesh, now we live through faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for us. Now, we have to believe that. That's part of the gospel. So there is 
no salvation for anyone who is not in Christ. That's why God says that, you know, you can marry anybody you want as long as they're in Christ. They have to be in Christ. In other words, they have to exchange their life for his life. He's the righteous one. So it's not our righteousness. It's his righteousness. That's imputed to us. Because we're in him. So when the father looks at us in the courtroom, he sees Jesus. Because we are in him. We're talking about the gospel. That's when he can say, justified. Not condemned, justified. Because we're in Christ. Justified. Now, if, if I try to add to that, well... When I was a teenager, I, man, I always did what my parents told me to do. I always behaved myself. I always did what my employer told me to do. I lived a nice life, and I think I'm going to be nice going to heaven. It means nothing, does it? Because it doesn't have anything to do with the gospel. Nothing. The gospel is... Your and my justification by faith alone. Faith in Jesus Christ, what he's done. And so, therefore, my goodness is nothing. And we'll talk a little later on next week about, well, don't think, and that's what they ask the question in here. Well, that means that I can sin so that grace may abound. No, may it never be. Because if you sin, don't you know that you'll be a slave of whoever you obey? Whether it be sin or whether it be God. So you can't sin anymore if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. You say, we, we can't just sin. We can't do that. No. Mm-mm. No. You don't want to sin. So, no, we are going to walk a a walk that's different from what we used to walk because our life is not our own. When we got born again, that old man died. That old woman died. Excuse me, I know some of you are young. But you, you died. Simple as that. And if you're still alive, there's something wrong with you. you that means you, 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 know, you, better, you, better, you better look at it again and say, well, Maybe I better give my life to Jesus Christ because I'm still kicking. No, what you want to do is make sure you're dead. I am dead to this, this old man, this old flesh. I am dead. I'm alive to Christ. That's what you want to be. That's the gospel. How much is that worth to you? The salvation of your soul. How much is that worth to you. Well, see, most of us don't have a clue except to say the obvious. It's everything. I mean, that's, that's very valuable. It's worth everything. Come on. Don't be stupid. Why are you ask me something like that? You know? Well, if we really knew 
what was going on in the spirit world, if we really knew what was going to happen on that day when death and hell and Satan and all the enemies of God are going to be thrown in a in fire and the lake of fire and brimstone. There, if we really knew what was going on in eternal darkness forever, ever, and ever, darkness away from God, torment forever and ever, we will say the salvation of our soul is worth doing anything, anything. But see, so many people don't even know that when they die, they're going to go one place or the other. Some people think when they die, they're going to come back as a cat or something. I mean, mean, it's amazing what some people think. Really. Some people, some Christians, they, they think... Hey, you know, when I die, I just cease to exist. I mean, so I'm going to have my fun here because nothing's going to happen outside. I don't believe in heaven and hell. Ooh, that's dangerous. How can you really then appreciate what the Son of God has done, what God the Father's done in Saving our souls. You know? I'm telling you that the gospel is the reason why we should be in love with one another. In love with one another. Do you hear what I'm saying? In love with one another. I know you say, well, wait a minute. I'm not in love with anybody. You know? Or, I'm, a, I'm in love with my mate. That's it. I love my children, but I'm not in love with anybody but my mate. Let me tell you, God is in love with you. He is. He is. He wants us to be in love with him. He wants us to be in love with one another. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. And I say that It won't be done. We will keep doing what the church universal is doing is what uh, Emily and probably Brianna were saying up here in that, well, you know, when when you're at church, you say, hi, how you doing? It's so nice to see you. You might even send them a Christmas card. A Christmas card. You might even send them a Christmas card. But I know, and you know, that some of us in the body of Christ, universal now, I'm talking about universal, I'm not talking about cornerstone now, I'm universal, don't act right towards one another all the time. Am I correct? Some of us don't even act right towards one another, and we're supposed to be in love with one another, and we call ourselves married. 
Some of us act contrary towards one another, and we're supposed to be family. I'm talking about blood family. So you know in the church, people get out of, so, all, all out of sorts with one another because they expect the church to be different than it is in the world. And it is supposed to be being, supposed to be being. We are a work in process. So we're not what we're going to be. We're not hopefully what we used to be. But that's a training ground for reigning. It's a training ground for loving. It's a training ground for unity. And that's what we'll talk about next week. But it's going to be for the gospel's sake. For the glory of God. Because he saved my soul, I'm going to love you in spite of you. Come on. Somebody told me what you said about me. <laughs> Sister Dudad said something about me wearing suits all the time. She didn't like me wearing suits all the time. Uh, I heard what you said. You know, I've been gained five pounds and all like that over Christmas holiday. And <laughs> you get tired of looking at me every Sunday morning. I heard what you said about me. I'm going to love you in spite of you. Come on. Why? Because of the gospel's sake. Because he paid a price for my soul. I'm so grateful that I don't have to end up in fire and brimstone. I'm so grateful that I am going to live eternally in joy and peace. Aren't you? Because of what he's done, I'm going to put this old flesh under. I'm going to do things that I need to do to take care of this old man. Because this old man tries to ray up sometimes. I mean, he tries to ray up. You know, it's just like a, like, you know how you've seen a groundhog. If you've seen a groundhog sometime, it'll, it'll be standing up, you know, like that, and, and uh, on his hind legs or something like that. And uh, some people stand up like that, you know. <laughs> I mean, they, they're going to pounce on you, you know. We'll talk about more about this next week. God is so good. The gospel, the gospel, I'm going to get rid of this ran up of Willa Taylor. Because Willie Taylor's flesh want to ray up sometime. It really does. It want to ray up sometime, uh, especially when Willie Taylor doesn't get his way. I'm serious. Wants to ray up and get on his hind legs and go, shh, you know. <laughs> God's good, though, isn't he? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.